Personal branding is not promotions. Personal branding is service. How do you be of service to people? How do you be the connector? How do you leave them feel like they can conquer the world? Hello and welcome back to the Kelly Lumber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand and style expert on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different, and just show up as the best person that they aspire to be. And if you're one of my five a day, I am so happy. Thank you so much. If you've dropped me a message or you've left a review on Apple Podcasts, thank you. It really makes such a difference. In today's episode, whilst I was in Barcelona, I caught up with author and personal brand expert, Kubi Springer. Now, we had so much in common. I read her book, I Am My Brand, a couple of years ago, and I really connected with it. So ever since then, I've been really keen to catch up more and learn about her story and the recent TV show that basically reveals Queen Elizabeth is a bigger global brand than icons from the world of politics, business, media, and entertainment, including names that you might be familiar with, Oprah, Bill Gates, The Obamas, Kim Kardashian, and Beyonce. And the research in this episode actually argues that the royal family has grown into the world's fifth biggest corporate brand ahead of multinationals like Coca-Cola, Nike, and Microsoft. I really think you're going to love Kubi's honest approach to building your personal brand. So here goes. Welcome to the show, Kubi. I've been so excited to have this chat with you because I've got somebody who is so passionate about personal branding and has been for even longer than I have. I mean, you've been in the business, what, 25 years? Is that right? 25 years. Yeah, this October. Ah, oh, so yeah. good to have you on the show. So maybe let's just start with a little bit of a backstory, give people the kind of where you've been. I've read your book. I know we're going to get into this. I know there's another one coming. But yeah, just give us a little bit of a backstory as to where and how you started and then we'll we'll take it from there. Amazing. Well, first of all, Kelly, thank you for having me on. It's such a privilege. Um, I started in 1996 and in 1996, I loved all things entertainment. So I started off as an intern at MTV whilst doing my undergrad. Oh, wow. um, and then when I, yeah, it was super cool working on the MTV Lick Party for anybody who remembers that. <laughs> and then um, when I finished my undergrad, I thought, where can I go where they really know how to build brands? And I thought, you know what, we need to go to the US. And so I ended up in New York City working for a company called Blue Flame, which was Puff Daddy's marketing agency. And mm-hmm. Puffy, P. Diddy, Sean Diddy Combs, depending on how you know him, was my boss for three years whilst I wow. worked in New York, which was, just, yeah, it was epic. It was epic. And I learned a lot from Puffy. You know, he's the master of branding, right? He's the master of rebranding himself. And I learned so much. And what happened was I was meant to, in my mind, the game plan was to stay in America, but I ended up meeting Justin Timberlake in LA and Justin had just launched the Justified album. As you do. As you do. As you do, babe. As you do, of course. Down the street. (laughs) Just a normal Saturday evening. Um, And Justin was looking to mark himself in the UK and Europe uh, for the Justified tour and his choreographers, Eddie Morales and Marty Cadaloki. We'd got chatting that night and they said, hey, why don't you go for it? Why don't you do it? And so I ended up getting that contract, which was bonkers. I was 23 years old. My first freelance contract was with Justin Timberlake. Matt. That is amazing. 
and, and I have to say, when you mentioned 1996, I'm like, you don't look old enough to be in business. Like, <laughs> you don't I love you. <laughs> no, you totally don't. So sorry, we digress. So your first, like your first gig, but your first big gig is Justin Timberlake and developing his his, his brand and promoting him, or what was that? Yeah. Uh, no, now he was he wasn't the cool kid that we see now. He'd come out of a pop band and they wanted to make him urban and they wanted to make him cool. And um, yeah, that was that was my remit was to work with Justin and his choreographers and turn his personal brand into something much more cooler and edgier than in sync. I love it. So that was the early days. And then kind of because we talked just very briefly before we jumped on on the uh, recording, this was you were saying the Back in those days, people didn't really know what branding was. Or I think people kind of thought branding was just for big companies. Mm. And nowadays, it's it's changed massively. How's that journey changed for you? Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, the first 10 years of my career was all celebrities driven. Um, so after Justin, I worked with Mariah Carey uh, on the launch of Mimi. And then I worked with uh, Rio Ferdinand on his brand. What's interesting is back then, that's what personal branding was for. It was for kind of celebrities, actresses, singers, dancers, etc. Whereas now what I have seen is that people are starting to appreciate that everybody is a brand. Um, I have a saying, define your brand or the world will define it for you. Mm. And what that basically means is the minute that you get a Facebook account or an Instagram, the minute you post on Twitter, you are creating a brand and you either need to be intentional with it or the world will define it for you. They'll create what they think you are as opposed to you being intentional saying, this is who I am. So for me, it's been a fascinating journey. A, because I got to work with such big, big celebrities in the early part of my career. Uh, the most probably well-known celebrity being Beyonce, doing her uh, L'Oreal and um, Beyonce Because You're Worth It campaign. It was just amazing. What and I find it, I giggle now, you know, 25 years later now, everybody's like, oh, I'm a brand, I'm a brand. And I'm like, that's super cool. You all caught up, you caught the buzz. Got it, let's go. <laughs> and you're going to be busy working on the next thing. Yeah, it is just because I feel like, especially now since we've come out of, or certainly during the pandemic, and and I guess this personal brand piece, and I'd, I'd love to know your kind of take on it. So much of it is the the digital side, how you're showing up. So now, you know, we're so much more connected digitally because we're all working from home. We're doing this. That personal branding is is even more important. What what is your take on what a personal brand is? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So th- there's two things I'll say on that. One is because of digital, because of digitalization, the world is smaller. So yep. when somebody's going for a job now, you're no longer competing with, you know, somebody in your local market. Let's say you're in London and you're going for a job with Microsoft. Historically, you'd be competing with people in London and surrounding areas if you're lucky, the whole of England. But, you know, 25 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. It would have been your local market. Now, that same job in London for Microsoft, you're competing with people in Singapore and LA and New York mm. and South Africa and Hong Kong, all trying to go for that same job. Why? Because they can. And so it's so important to develop a personal brand because the competition is higher and tougher, mm. number one. Number two, I read a statistic the other day that 95% of recruiters will not look at your CV unless you've got a digital footprint. 
So they want to see digitally what is, what is out there about you before they even look at your CV. So you can't afford to not have a personal brand in today's market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your question, what is a personal brand? Well, I'll answer it in two ways. Mm-hmm. A brand is an emotional connection with your desired audience. In other words, a brand is all about how people connect with you emotionally, how they feel about you. Not what do they think, but what do they feel? So that's what a brand is. And when we think about all the best brands in the world, we feel something. Uh, Nike, we feel empowered. Disney, you know, we watch any Disney TV program or movie or buy the products, we're feeling magic, right? Mm. So every great brand wants you to feel something. They don't want you to think, because if you think, you probably won't buy. You'll start comparing them with price points, etc. So branding is all about heart space. It's about how do we get you to feel something for this brand? Mm. Now, what's a personal brand? A personal brand is an extension of that. It is the personification of who you are and how people feel about you. You know, people have said it's what they say about you when you're not in the room. Not really. It's what they feel about you when you're not in the room. It's what they feel about you when you come into the room. I always say it like this to leaders. I say leadership isn't about what you tell people to do. Leadership's about how people feel once they leave you. Mm. That's what real leadership is about. It's about how people feel when they leave you. And if they feel degraded and demoralized and they feel put down, then your personal brand needs work. But if they feel uplifted and connected, like they can achieve anything and be anything, then you've done the right thing. Your personal brand is, is solid. Mm-hmm. So for me, personal branding, you know, 10 years ago, we had people telling us to do the 60 second elevator pitch. Personal branding is not promotions. Personal branding is service. How do you be of service to people? How do you be the connector? How do you leave them feel like they can conquer the world? Love that. Love it, love it, love it. What is, it's something I get a lot and, and I'd be interested in your take on that when people say, oh, but it, you know, I'm, I'm a private person or I don't want it to be about me if it's their business or, you know, that kind of, you know, where people just sort of push you back. What's your kind of take on it? Yeah, well, I say it's not about you. So of course you don't want it to be about you because building a personal brand, the last thing it's about is you. In fact, what building a personal brand is all about is how you can be of service to your tribe. How can you be of service to your teams? How can you be of service to your organization? How can you be of service to the followers that you have on Instagram or Clubhouse or LinkedIn? How can you be of service to the people who you employ? How can you be of service to your customers? Your personal brand is not about you. It's about how you add value to others. And the more you add value, the more people lean into you, trust you, and then want to buy from you. Yeah. And we've all seen the opposite, right? We can go into a clubhouse and when you hear somebody jump on the clubhouse stage and it's all about them and all about how great they are, we want to vomit. We're like, oh, shut up already. But actually, if somebody jumps on the clubhouse stage and they're talking about giving advice that helps you, that supports you, that makes you grow, we lean into them. Mm. And we lean into them because they're helping us. And then we trust them. And when we trust them, we always buy from them. Mm. Who do you think's got a great personal brand? Kobe Springer. <laughs> Love it. Who else? <laughs> Other than me, um, I think the Queen has got a really interesting personal brand. Yeah. I'll tell you why she's got an amazing personal brand. Because it's something that is above trends and culture. So the Queen's personal brand is entrenched so deeply into the heart space of royalists, 
that it is a case study on good emotional connection. You know, branding is all about an emotional connection with your target audience. The Queen's brand is cemented in the heart space of the royalists and also cemented in the heart space of people who can't stand the royal family. I mean, (laughs) it is emotional connection at the highest level. And she, you know, she's therefore much more than popularity or trends, which is brilliant. So you did is that you did a documentary on about the Queen and her personal brand recently? Yes, I did. So her 95th birthday, Amazon Prime decided to do a documentary that addressed the question, does the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, does she have the biggest brand in the world? Bigger than the Obamas, bigger than the Kardashians, bigger than the, the Trumps, uh, you know, bigger than any of the others, the, Be- the Beckhams. Does she have the biggest brand in the world? And I argued she does. And what was really interesting is the data then revealed that um, I was correct, that actually the Queen of England has the biggest brand in the world. Why? Because branding is about an emotional connection. And she has been emotively connecting with her target audience. I use that word loosely. Yeah, yeah. Decades and decades and decades. Wow. Yeah. How fascinating. So that's on Amazon Prime. Is that like, can we watch that now? Yeah, Amazon Prime Worldwide and True Royalty TV. Yep, you can watch it wherever you are in the world. Amazing. So who do you think, this is a curious question, and I I didn't give you the heads up about this, who's a terrible brand that you'd love to get your hands on? Uh, Now, this is interesting, because whilst I think the Queen's got the uh, one of the best brands in the world, I actually think that the royal family uh, are in a hot mess when it comes to their brand. So I would love to get my hands on the royal family and work out what are they going to do once she passes away and how do they keep this legacy going and how do they deal with you know the multiculturalism of the world today i would love to get my hands on yeah on that lot (laughs) watch this space yes absolutely (laughs) what are some of the things that you've learned with celebrities you know and doing their personal brands that have actually stood you in really good stead or that you've carried with you? Because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, celebrities and and kind of dismissive in that sense. But I bet there's so much you learned in that that everyday people can use. Absolutely. I mean, I talk about this in my book, I Am My Brand, but one of the key components is consistency. Mm. If you look at all of the biggest brands in the world, celebrity and non-celebrity, they are consistent. They stay in a lane. They master that lane. They get known for that lane and they are consistent. So if you take somebody like uh, Serena Williams as an example, we know what she does. She's a tennis player, right? Mm -hmm. And she's brilliant at it and she's mastered that craft and she's been consistent. And even as she's built an empire, she's built an empire around her core talent, her core offering. And and you, you can do this with any brand. You know, if I say Oprah Winfrey, you'll say presenter. If I say Beyonce, you'll say singer. If I say Victoria Beckham, you'll say fashion, right? Or you'll say pouting. I mean, she has mastered the art of pouting, has been doing it for 20 decades, right? Or 10 decades or two decades, right? She's just brilliant. And I think what I notice with people who are trying to build brands is that they are being a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm, so true. And actually what you need to do is you you need to master a craft. You need to stay in your lane. You need to be known for a thing and you need to be consistently known for that thing in order to build brand recognition and brand trust. 
And you talk about this in your book, so the because you've got a second book coming out. Let's talk a little bit about um, your first book. That actually I got gifted from my stepmom, and she read about you in Red Magazine. So I remember how this all came about. She was like, you know, so it just goes there about you know, kind of branding and visibility. I think you'd done an article, mm-hmm. your book was in it, and she'd said, "Oh, I think Kelly will really like this for Christmas," and bought it. So this would be what a year ago, maybe eighteen months ago. Super cool. Thanks, mum. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the first book come about? It's so interesting. The first book came about, I wasn't planning on writing a book. The truth be known, Kelly, I was running a successful brand marketing agency and had clients like Aston Martin and Rolls Royce and was launching, you know, designers at London and New York Fashion Week and was happy enough in that lane, just doing mm-hmm. that. But I had members of staff who just kept saying to me, You're, you need to be out there more. You need to write a book. You need to be doing more TV. You need to be on stages more. And none of that was in the forefront of my plan at all. And then um, I was at a, an event and a book literary agent, we got talking and I was telling her what I did and I, I was telling her how I got started. And she said, oh my God, there's a book in there. You know, all the celebrities that you've worked for there's a book. And so she ended up getting me a deal with Bloomsbury Publishing, which is the same publishing house as JK Rowling, Harry Potter. Amazing. Yeah, super cool. And initially, I am my brand was going to focus on what I've learned from celebrities. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, actually, nah, I want to be much more of service than that, because that's Mm -hmm. way too niche. How about I take what I've learned, but put it in eight pillars? the eight pillars of personal brand success that anybody can use, particularly women, any woman from any part of life, at any point in her career, why don't I do that? And so the eight pillars comprise of vision, uh, they comprise of your strategy, they comprise of things like your tactics, uh, they comprise of things like how you be unapologetic, uh, how you negotiate for more, know your self-worth. And one of the biggest, biggest things that celebrities taught me that I put in I Am My Brand is that your strength is your difference. Ooh, okay. Your strength is your difference. Yeah. I'll say it another way. Your differentiator is your strength. The thing that you really don't like about you. So in my case, I hate my gap. It drives me bonkers, but that's my differentiator. It is my difference. For years and years and years, I used to you know, really think, God, this is so tough being a woman and a black woman working in all white spaces. But now I'm like, yeah, it's tough, but that's my strength. That's my superpower being the only black woman and being, you know, in a room. So whatever your difference is, whether it's where you come from as a background, whether it's the fact that somebody told you you could never make it, whether it's that you've got a physical disability or a mental disability, maybe you're suffering from dyslexia. Maybe you say, well, as a woman, I was told women could never do this or girls could never do that. Whatever your difference is, that's your strength. Use it. So good. So the first, that's the first book, the eight pillars of, you know, your, your brand, your personal brand. What's the second book about? It's coming out, you said in October? Yeah, coming out October 2021. Uh, this second book is all about how you navigate this crisis that we're in. Uh, how do you build a brand? How do you sustain your brand during these crazy pandemic, open, not open, on lockdown, not on lockdown? <laughs> how do you really do this? Yeah. Um, and especially for, you know, this book is for a, a variety of different people. It's for those people who are 
working in companies and used to networking in person, but now everybody's online. How do you do that? It's for people who are used to traveling like you and I, Kelly, for work. And now, you know, we're kind of stuck in places. How do you still build the brand? It's for people who've built a brand, but the world has changed. Maybe they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And now the world is so digital. If it's not Clubhouse, it's snitched. If it's not snitched, it's Twitter spaces. If it's not Twitter spaces, it's, you know, um, Spotify, Green Lounge, right? I mean, these digital platforms seem to be dropping every two seconds. How do you navigate this new space? How do you navigate and pivot during this new normal and continue to build a brand? That's what this next one's about. Well, exciting. I cannot wait to read it. So if someone's listening and they're like, right, okay, my personal brand sucks. What is one of the first things that they should do in your eyes? I think one of the first things you need to do is you need to take an honest look as to why. And that's that's not about looking at your logos. That's not about looking at your Instagram. That's about looking inwards and saying, what is it within me that is blocking me from being all that God has created me to be? In chapter one of my book, I Am My Brand, I talk about the gremlins and that we're all suffering from these gremlins. And, you know, some gremlins might say, you're too fat, you're too old, you're too young, you're too skinny, you're too, you're too, right? The gremlins that jump up and down on our shoulders. And I say, I don't believe the gremlins ever disappear, but I do believe that you can start to master your gremlins. And I think if you want to build a personal brand, you have to start with the person. Mm -hmm. Who are you? What do you really want to do? What do you really love? What is your heart really screaming for you to do? Stop dancing around the surface, doing everything that the world has told you you should be doing and be honest and brave enough to step into your spotlight. And that's the very first thing you've got to do. Don't create a website until you've started to work on you. Don't post another Instagram post until you said, actually, I'm ready to tell my truth. Love it. Okay, great advice. I've got a question on, you know, now about the, the, the way the world is changing. And, you know, I feel like entrepreneurs are getting even younger and people that have got personal brands are even younger. Like, how do you um, educate this into children? You know, I know you, your, um, your little girl comes to your events, doesn't she? And she's very aware, I guess, of what a brand and a personal brand is. How mm. can you educate that into your children? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's something. Such a good question, Kelly. I was having a, an Instagram live debate maybe about nine months ago about whether or not your children should be a brand, whether or not you should be working on them. Is it a good thing for them to have an Instagram account or, you know, a, a YouTube account? And I, and, and my mom and I had a deep debate about this. And I said, look, the world has changed. In order for my, my daughter's nine, in order for her to get into the sort of private school that I want her to get into, she needs a portfolio. They're, you know, it, it, the wow. day of simply just saying my child is intelligent is not enough. And so as parents, I believe, I believe we have a responsibility to look at our little children and say, what are their gifts and their talents? And really nurture that and really start to build that. And it doesn't matter. You know, my little daughter loves fashion and, you know, she's done fashion shows since she was three years old. I'm not trying to make her the next Naomi Campbell. That's not what this is about. This is just about giving her the freedom to express her gifts and talent and to say to her, you're allowed to be who God has called you to be. Now, in 10, 15, 20 years time, she's probably going to be doing something completely different. And that's great. But it's giving them the confidence and the tools to say, I can step into my spotlight. 
Uh, I used to, as a mom, I used to feel so bad when I would drag my daughter around to meetings with me. And when she was six months old, she came to Jamaica. I had a six week contract and I felt really bad. But now my daughter is phenomenal because she's been exposed. Yeah. You know, she, she did a, a front cover of a magazine the other day and the art director didn't have to give her any directions. I mean, everybody in the room was like, what is going on with this little girl? But it's because she's been exposed. She's been seeing this stuff. She's been seeing me at photo shoots since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. So I say to parents, you know, you might not be as crazy as I am and, and take them to, you know, Jamaica when they're six weeks old. I'm not encouraging that to every parent, but I am saying nurture their gifts, nurture their talents, guide them because even which way they're going to find out about Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and they're going to find out about it anyway. So why not support them and be protecting them as they're doing it? I think that is great advice. Really good advice. On a thought on that, and I kind of like asking this question in sort of in, in, in certain industries and in particular personal branding, because it's the space that I'm in as well. What is one myth that you'd like to debunk in the personal brand space? Oh, I think one of the biggest ones is how quickly it happens. Oh, that is brilliant. Because <laughs> people, <laughs> that, is brilliant. that is a brilliant myth to debunk. Assuming on the perspective that people think it happens overnight. They think it happens so quickly. I have clients that I coach and they're like, I've been posted on Instagram for three months and I'm not getting any traction. And I'm like, child, I've been on IG for about eight years. Like, come on, it takes time. You know, if you'd have told me in 1996, when I was 19 years old, that it would take me 25 years and it wouldn't be until I'm in my 40s. I'd have told you to kiss my posterior twice over, but that's how long it takes. It just takes time. And, and I'll throw some statistics out for your, for your audience. If you think of it like this, the household brands that we know and love, Chanel, as an example, Coco Chanel launched that in the 1920s. You think about Nike, Nike Bowerman launched that in the 1970s. You know, even Facebook, that is a relatively new brand or something like Apple, that's a relatively new brand. The 1970s is when Steve Jobs launched Apple. Branding takes time. And they say that it takes a minimum of 10 years for you to even gain any brand recognition. And what is brand recognition? Brand recognition is when somebody can see a color or a symbol or a sign and associate it to your brand without seeing the name. That Mm -hmm. takes a minimum of 10 years. So somebody like Trump, the reason why we don't need to see the name Trump, but we can just see that horrible orange hair and associate it with him is because it's taken a minimum of 10 years of that ridiculous brand recognition, right? So it just takes time. And, And I would encourage people to see life as one beautiful adventure. And to enjoy the journey of building this brand, enjoy the journey of creating impact in people's lives in whatever capacity that you're doing it and stop looking at how quick or not quick it's taken. Yeah, great advice. And I think something of that as well, people can get a little bit overwhelmed at, oh my goodness, it's 10 years and well, I just won't start. But the whole point is it's going to happen anyway, so you may as well start. But one of the aspects I, I feel as well is that people think that what they 
start doing is what they end up doing. And they've got to understand that the brand piece is always evolving and you've got to evolve with it. Is there anything else you'd add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, your brand is an extension of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would say this, that when you come from a head, a heart space in building a brand, not a head space, a heart space, then the chances are it will evolve, but it won't drastically shift. Now, let me explain what I mean. I started off as a dancer many, many moons ago mm-hmm. when I was four years old. I loved all things classical ballet and, and, and dancing and performing is my heart. It's my heartbeat. But when I was 17 years old, when I was on tour with the Spice Girls, I injured my knee. I was told I would never dance again. Mm-hmm. I then went into, yeah, I then went into the entertainment end of branding because I loved dance. But the reality is that hasn't changed. The reason why I'm so good on stages, and I say this with a humble approach, is because I'm a born performer. Mm. So my brand being built around being on stage is my truth. That's Mm. my heart space. If I build a brand for my headspace, well, mom said I should be a lawyer. Dad said I should be a neuroscientist. My granny said that I should be a whatever, fill the blanket. That's headspace talking. If you build a brand from your head, then yeah, you will always be pivoting. But if you build a brand for what does your heart really, really love doing, then you might evolve with that. I was once a dancer on stage doing, mm-hmm. band, you know, ballet and double pirouettes. Now I'm a speaker on stage. You will evolve, but you won't drastically change. So true. I think we could chat all day. I'm super conscious of your time. <laughs> Kelly, we could. <laughs> it's just a topic that is that is just hot right now. And, and that's, you know, the point over the next 10 years, it's going to evolve, it's going to change so much in, in another way, but we've kind of got to start now. So um, you had the piece of advice where it was really understand, you know, you first before you do another post on social media, before you do your website, what would be the next step on from that is your kind of parting piece of advice to share with the audience? Yeah, I would say, remember that branding is a, a business driver. I cheekily put a post up the other day, you know, people are building brands without any business and wondering why they're still broke, but it's the truth. So once we've identified what is it that I'm trying to do, then the second thing is to identify what is the business model behind that. Mm -hmm. You cannot build a brand without a business. And I'll give you an analogy. A brand is like a car. So each of us, our cars will be different. So I drive a Range Rover Kelly, my car's bullshit. It's in your face, but it's functional. That's my brand. <laughs> okay. It's bullshit in your face, but it's functional. And so my car is the brand. The destination is the business. And what I put in the sas- sat nav is the strategy. Mm-hmm. What so happens is that people have a great looking car, but no destination. So they're just driving around and around and around and around and around, looking amazing on Instagram. We're going around and around and around and around. (laughs) Or they have real clarity on what the destination is. They've got a strong business model, but they don't have a car. And so now they're trying to crawl to their destination when actually they just need to develop a great car and speedily get on that highway. And so I say to people, you need to have a brand, but you also need to have a destination. What is the business model behind your gifts, your talents, your passions, your desires. What is that business model? What is the financial figure you're trying to hit? 
What is the you know sales target you're trying to crack by the end of the year? And then, and then you work out: Am I in a Porsche? Am I in a Nissan? I am I in a Range Rover? Then you work out what's your brand because then you've got clarity on where the car needs to get to. And then here's the last bit of it: As we all know, with sat navs, you can have a car. You can have a destination, but you can get there really quicker when you put the good coordinates in the sat-nav, and that's your strategy. Mm. Rather than taking a detour. and um, Rather than taking a million detours, because you and think then, you know where you're going. <laughs> that kind of nicely kind of ties in with what you said at the beginning about, you know, being consistent and staying in your lane. You can literally take the car analogy from there to here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And even even this the strategy piece, you know, I often say to people, they're like, oh, I had a strategy, but then it didn't work. Well, think of it like this, right? It's like you put something in the sat nav, you're driving and then there's an accident on the road right now. The accident's called COVID. And then you're like, oh, shit, I'm stuck in traffic, not going anywhere, just sitting in my car. Well, you're not going to leave the car, are you? You're not going to get out on the highway and just be like, well, <laughs> sort the car, sort the traffic. That's it. And that's what people are doing. They're just abandoning their dreams because there's a bit of traffic in the road. No. You then say, actually, do I need to reverse? Do I need to go left? Do I need to go right? Or do I need to sit it out? Nicely, your little pivots there and what you're doing and do you move online? And yeah, there you go. But you're still trying to get to the same destination and you're still in the car. Mm, So true. Not abandon it. Not abandoned it. Love it. Not abandoning it. Every time somebody wants to abandon it, I want them to see the picture of them being on the M25 or a major highway. And just because there's a crash, they're going to leave their car in the middle of the road and go, ah, sod it, I'm done. (laughs) Sometimes in Dubai, I think that that's the smarter thing to do on a a highway. So, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I enjoy following your stories and, you know, you're you're consistent on social media and you said you bring in aspects of your daughter and that's how I know about you know that she's I think I think I saw her doing the photo shoot and stuff so can you share where people can find you and and about your book and everything and and, yeah over to you oh absolutely Uh, you can find me the best place to go is my website which is shebuildsbrands.com when you go to shebuildsbrands.com you can click on all of the socials on instagram at shebuildsbrands on facebook at shebuildsbrands on clubhouse at Shebo's Brands, and then LinkedIn and Twitter is my name, which is Kubi Springer. But yeah, mainly just go to shebo'sbrands.com. Uh, my next book, which is all about how you navigate uh, this crazy time that we're in, drops October 2021, as I celebrate 25 years in brand marketing. Love it. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure just talking to someone that is passionate about personal branding and just being in that space. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. Were you inspired? What was your one takeaway that you can put into action? Head over to Instagram, Kelly Bloomberg Official. I love to hang out there. So drop me a DM, tell me the best part or even better, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much. Reviewer of the week left this message, Annie. 
highly recommended listen. Great podcast. Personally, I really resonated with the last one on how to make the best of your relationships personally and professionally. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a massive difference. Be inspired and keep following your dreams.